Welcome, man. What a night last night. What a night. Bucks just blown out last night. Um, not the best of circumstances for the Milwaukee Bucks as they – we, we talked about it yesterday. Ben, I, all I kept thinking was last night, uh, as I sat down, I was going to sit down with the scotch and a cigar, and that game got off to such a horrific start, I just went, out oh, of hell with it. Just – it was bad. No Facebook Live? No, it, it sucked. I was just mad as hell, and I shouldn't have been because didn't I – and I had a couple people bring this up this morning, but I called this last night, didn't I? I said, look, I expect the the Celtics can shoot, first of all. And they shot poorly in game one. The Bucks, if a team gets hot from the outside, do not play beyond the arc very well. They just don't. So that was that was thought number two. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you started to see the Bucks miss shots. And if the Bucks aren't hitting shots, then it really becomes problematic, and that's exactly what happened last night. And the Bucks ended up falling, not a good night uh, at the arena, and uh, it was pretty much over before it even got started. Uh, it, it just what a I I guess on one hand I I look at it as the Bucks are the Bucks are leaving Boston with a one one tie right now in the series and still have home court advantage. But they got drilled early. They got drilled often last night. I mean, because I, I, I had said yesterday, I said, boy, I'd love to see Brooke Lopez get involved. I'd love to see Bobby Portis give you, you know, 12, 14, 15 or better. And he did. Drew Holiday, I wanted about 20, 23 from. He gave you 19. I thought Wesley Matthews would step up. And I thought, you know what? Grayson Allen is going to come up big again. Pat Connaughton's going to come up big again. Connaughton had 13. Grayson Allen. They they were all over him last night, all over him last night. Only one for three or one uh, zero for one beyond uh, the arc last night. Just they weren't going to give him the shot. They decided to say we're going to lock down, defend. Then this is a pretty good defensive team. They're going to lock down, defend. They're going to play beyond the arc. They got more aggressive defensively, and it was it it was just a a bad bad night. Bad night for the Bucks. Bucks have to regroup. This is when the Bucks take that punch in the face, and they go, "Whoa, wait a minute! Not only did we get beat, we got embarrassed. We got embarrassed last night. So just a bad night. So we didn't overreact in Game One when the Bucks got a win. We were excited. We were excited, but we didn't overreact. Game Two, I'm not going to overreact. The Bucks got punched in the face, and exactly what Boston did to Brooklyn is what they did to the Bucks. So whether that Game One was an apparition. For the Celtics, and they just had an off game, or the Bucks played extremely well. They played defense really well because in Game One there was numerous times where the Bucks looked at the three point line and didn't even attempt to guard it. Didn't even attempt it, and shots were missed. And I kept thinking to myself, man, if they do that in Game in Game Two, Game Three, Game Four, and the Celtics are hitting, there's no way, no way that the, the Bucs are going to win that series. So I'm not going to overreact. I want to see how the Bucs respond. But they got last night a, kind of exactly what I thought they would get. And by the way, last night, Brooke Lopez, two points. And those two points came at about at the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter. He was non-existent. The second chance opportunities that the, the Celtics had last night, they were hitting from the outside, which rendered Bobby Portis, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, all pretty much insignificant in the defensive realm. It just, all of that, 
last night was kind of the way we thought it would go if indeed the Celtics hit their shots and they did and they they bounced back big time so now we got to wait until Saturday for the Bucks uh, to get back at it this time they're going to be on the Pfizer Forum hardwood but just and and the reaction last night was uh kind of kind of uh how do I put this from the Boston fans was visceral from the Bucks fans was like nah, no big deal no no big deal not a problem so the Bucks they got to play better defense and the one thing that we've talked about this uh, we've talked about this all pretty much all season long is the Bucks do not defend the three they're terrible at it and it has been something that's been problematic all season long and now you've run into a team that can hit beyond the arc. And, and again, if they win this series, they will have earned it, no doubt. But if they win this series, most likely they're going to face Miami. And Miami can shoot about as well as anybody beyond the arc. So they, they, they had bet, if they're going to get to the NBA Finals, they had better figure it out now that you can't stand flat-footed and you got to get beyond the arc. And you can't just run, um, run to the spot kind of like out of control just to get there because all they're doing is pumping pump faking you into the air and you know Grayson Allen and and Drew Holiday and such they're just flying past these guys and these guys are then stepping back taking that open look in that easy three and they were hitting them last night so it's um it's uh it's it's a little concerning but I want to wait and see how the Bucks respond. I'm not, I, by no means, am I saying that the Bucks are going to be beaten in this series because I, I still think the Bucks, right now, have the ability to bounce back and still own the series and own home court advantage. But now you really got to protect the Pfizer Forum, and fans have to come out in droves and loud, proud, crazy, rowdy, Deer District, the whole deal. And it looks like Saturday the weather won't be bad. It'll be about like it is today. It'll be sunny. It'll be in the 50s. It's not going to be terrible. Um, so hopefully the Deer District is rocking. Uh, the Bulls attempted 28.83s per game in the regular season, 36.8 per game against Milwaukee in the first round. The Celtics as- attempted 37.13s per game in the regular season and 34.5 against Brooklyn today, yesterday. They took 50, 50 against the Bucks. 50. They uh, they just uh, they lit it up. Forty three. Uh, they were twenty of forty three last night beyond the arc. Twenty four. Uh, twenty of forty three beyond the arc. Forty six and a half percent three point shooting. Uh, the Bucks played basically no defense. None. Ah, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So why wasn't there a, a Facebook Live to rant about the game? Um, you know? Honestly, I'll, I'll be 100% truthful. After about the first quarter, I said, they're going to lose this game. I'm done. And I got into a conversation with a buddy of mine who is, who is from Cincinnati who called me to vent about how bad the Reds are. And I ended up doing just a lot of work. Uh, yesterday was a big day. Um, we are real close. This Friday, we are going to make all the announcements regarding our motorcycle ride uh, for charity. Uh, but we have booked a uh, a live show coming up on Thursday, March 19th. We're going to be live from the grand reopening of Social House. 
the bar in Lisbon. We on Lisbon and Menominee Falls, we talk about it all the time. But in addition to that, it is going to be a uh, tap takeover. And the whole weekend is going to benefit Fisher House, Wisconsin. So I got involved in some of these discussions last night. And by the time it was all done, I went like, I already walked upstairs because I I love doing them from down in the bar. So I already walked upstairs and I was like, you know what, to hell with it. And and I'll I'll be honest with you, Ben, you were the only one I think that remembered. (laughs) (laughs) Last night, nobody got a hold of me. So. Uh, but I, I am going to today, I've got a lot, a lot of little things to do after the program. And then tonight, I think, uh, I I will do, I promise I will do the dissertation downstairs because I'm going to sit back, relax and watch either outside on the patio, which uh, I also uh, did a little cleaning up last night because the bird, uh, she was not there this morning. I hope she's okay. But for those that have followed the show, I've had a bird, uh, every morning at about 6am pecking at the window. A mama bird who uh, lost her nest and lost her babies. She's been pecking at my window. Yesterday, after I got off the air, I had a couple phone calls to make. So I was sitting downstairs in the living room, and I opened the patio door. And she hopped. She did it again. She. I was on the phone. She hopped in, and all of a sudden I look uh, down on the floor. By there's an island by the floor, and I looked, and there she is, just kind of staring at me. She she came in the house. She looked around, stared at me for a couple of minutes, maybe a minute. you know, the sequence of time seems extremely long, but maybe a minute. And she hopped back out and flew away. I haven't seen her since. She wasn't there this morning pecking at the door. So on one hand, I'm extremely glad because I wasn't woken up at, you know, 6 a.m. by the by the pounding of the windows downstairs. On the other hand, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's she's kind of become part of the part of the, the daily routine for the last five days. I'm kind of wondering where she's at. But uh, so anyway, I was I was downstairs doing some stuff yesterday. Mm-hmm. But today. I promise. I will do some Facebook Live. I will, I'll sit back, relax, watch the Brewers. I'm looking forward to the Brewers game tonight um, and doing some of that. And then we'll do a Facebook Live. Speaking of the Brewers, Woodruff, how come God, How come Corbin Burns can't get this kind of run support, these big hits? Corbin Burns can't get the run support hardly at all. Brandon Woodruff, 3-1 uh, and one in the season, 5-2 five and, two or, five and two thirds, uh, only gave up three earned runs. 12 strikeouts last night. He was dealing. He was dealing last night. Colton Wong, two for two. Big night last night. Adamas with the uh, go yard last night. Uh, Christian Yelich, oh, for did have a couple of walks, got on board, upped his on-base percentage last night. Uh, so he got on board twice, struck out once. He was 0 for 2 in the evening. Um, and then you get Urias that comes back. Urias uh, not only had a run scored, but had an RBI last night. Had a walk, one for two. Not a bad way to start back out. Lorenzo Kane got on base last night, too. That wasn't a bad way to go. But a little bit of an inconsistent strike zone. I uh, had Wood- Woodruff should have never given up that home run uh, That that uh, in the fourth inning. He should have, Mustaka should have never gotten that home run. Tommy Pham, either, for that matter. But Woodruff should have been out of that inning. Should have been out of that inning. And and the home plate umpire just wasn't giving it up. Now I get it. They were right on the line. It could have been an either or. But, man, it was even Bill Schroeder, who doesn't say usually a whole lot during the broadcast about the, the calling of balls and strikes. He doesn't necessarily get on umpires. But you could clearly tell Narvaez and Woodruff both were going back and forth a little bit with the uh, home plate umpire last night. So uh, that was good news. Brewers get yet another win. And then the word breaks this morning. The Packers are going to London. Packers going to London. But they're taking on the New York Giants. 
October 9th. They're going to be in London, October 9th, taking on the New York Giants overseas. So that'll be, you know what, two historic franchises, two well-traveled fan bases, and flying usually, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're going to fly out of Wisconsin, chances are, now think about this, you usually will fly to New York and then from New York to London. So can you imagine plane loads of Packers fans who have dreamed of this trip want to fly to London, say the week up, say you're going to fly out on Wednesday, get there on Thursday, experience everything, fly back late Sunday night, uh, Monday morning, whatever. Thursday or Friday, you're going to fly. Imagine then transferring planes and jumping on a plane load of Giants fans heading to London. Because you, that's usually how you would go. So it could be that all these fans, Packers fans, Giants fans, are all going to be landing together cheering on their respective teams as they all land over in London across the pond. I was thinking about that this morning when the announcement was made. I thought, boy, if you fly out of here, you usually now the, the, the Packers won't. Their, their plane won't you know, make a connection. Their plane will fly straight out of Austin Straubel and off they go over to London. But if you're a fan, chances are you're either going to fly from Green Bay or Milwaukee or where have you to most likely New York and then from there – to London, unless, of course, you go out to Chicago O'Hare. Sometimes uh, out of O'Hare, you can get direct flights. But, um, but yeah, you could be landing with all those. Uh, you could be traveling for hours with all those Giants fans. So keep your keep your phone handy just in case uh, a Mike Tyson incident breaks out. 877-867-1670. So we got a lot to talk about. Uh, there was one thing last night. I posted it on Twitter this morning. There was one thing last night. And it, it's it's only one incident, really two. I mean, one was against Giannis. But there was one thing that's being highlighted today via the four-letter network, via the NBA.com and their, their NBA TV, and it's just pissing me off. And and it just, it, it's, it's pissing me off because that's not what it was, but it's being made out to be. And it's just pissing me off because I, I posted it. I'm like, am I the only one that saw this? Am I the only one that saw what actually happened? And But yet, you know, Mike Greenberg, and I tell you, and this is what he did. And I bet you that's the way Mike Greenberg talks when he goes to the bathroom. I bet you he does. I bet you how he now, because he used to be pretty cool on Mike and Mike. Now he probably goes into the bathroom. I'm sitting down, pulling down my pants for this epic moment in my life in which I'm going to excrement right here in the splashdown of the bowl and then flush. It's a day right here on Get Up. I just pooped. That's the way he probably goes to the bathroom. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Thanks, as always, The Bill Michael Show is on the air and uh, hour number two of the program. For all of you listening on uh, the vast and growing network all throughout the great state of Wisconsin, our friends in Madison, La Crosse, Eau Claire, Viroqua, Wausau. Can't forget about our friends in Menominee, Marinette, up there by Forgotten Fire Winery, 
And those that listen to us over at uh, the Four Seasons Island Resort, love those guys over there, Shawano, Clintonville, Rice Lake, on and on and on. We continue to grow. Uh, now we uh, bring in our buddy Jim Ozarski from uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel covering the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, coming out back from Beantown. The Bucks have the series tied up at a game apiece, although they looked bad last night. Jimmy, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm, I'm good, Bill. So last night I said this is one of those games that, much like in football, you throw the tape away, you burn it. The only thing I take away from last night was the Bucks didn't hit their shots and they have to play much better perimeter defense to defend the three. Other than that, uh, the Bucks just were off their game last night. Would you would you agree with that? Uh, I, I mean, offensively, you know, they um, – uh, man, Bill, it, it's hard – it's hard to say. So offensively, they haven't been that great, obviously, since Chris Middleton went out. I mean, their defense has been so good that they've, up until last night, had blown out the Bulls and the Celtics. Like, you almost kind of forget that it's not like they're scoring 120 points a game like we've kind of been used to. So the fact that they scored 89 was, and, and they continue to give Giannis problems was, okay, maybe a little um, extreme. But now on the other side of the ball, Bill, I mean, it, it was still 109 points. And it took Boston setting a franchise record and making threes. And Bill, we've, we've talked about this for years with Mike Boonehoser. They, other teams are going to have to make 23s <laughs> to beat the Bucks when they're really protecting the paint the way they are. And it happens. Mm-hmm. Um so I think you just saw two wild variances in games one and two where the Celtics set, what, a fran- a 75-year franchise record for fewest twos and then set a franchise record for most threes. Like, the rest of the series is probably going to be in the middle. So I don't know if it was like the Bucks were really off defensively as opposed to there was just wild variances in two games and, you know, maybe these next two advice or forum are a little more in line with, you know, statistical norms. So uh, first of all, last night I thought you could clearly see, because everybody kept thinking, well, you know, maybe this team can survive without Chris Middleton. It's no big deal. They move the ball better. They shoot better. Chris Middleton's absence, never going to be felt. I disagreed heavily because he's a hell of a talent, and last night was the night that you could use Chris Middleton. You could have used that calming bucket. You could have used the ability to handle the basketball. They got sloppy with the basketball last night. Last night was the first time all postseason that I really felt that you you missed the presence of Chris Middleton. Yeah, it, and that's that's for sure. And honestly, Bill, I'm, I'm a. It was going to come eventually because you don't just lose a three time All Star and have mm-hmm. it not matter. Like that that was going to catch up. <laughs> to the Milwaukee Bucks at some point. Um, and it's the offense. They've been able to really respond, Bill, with the defensive side of the ball, where where we have seen Middleton's absence now, if you zoom out, is Giannis Adetokounmpo has had the worst two games, back-to-back games, That that's the point, back-to-back playoff games since his very first one in 2015 against Chicago, which is almost you got to throw that out the window. I mean, his first two games in the bubble against Orlando were not great, a little better than this. (laughs) First two games uh, against Boston, actually, in 2017, kind of similar. But, I mean, obviously those, those, you know, were uh, pre-MVP in sort of a weird circumstance, right, down in Florida. 
And, and that's where the Chris Middleton thing comes in because Giannis and Chris in that two-man game, Bill, it's it's something you kind of take for granted, I think, when you've seen it for nine years. And I know mm-hmm. Bucks fans get mad at Chris and the way he sometimes turns it over or they don't think his 18-footers are open. But they're open. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. a Chris Middleton 18-footer off a pick and roll with Giannis is an open shot. And, and he makes those. And that, or his lob to Giannis, like that just opens things up in a way that even Drew Holiday can't do. So you're right, Bill, that that's, you can't replace that. That's not coming back. So I, I think for the Bucks in these next couple of days is how do you figure out to, to free up Giannis a little more off pick and roll and give him a little more space um, that doesn't require him creating it. Giannis last night, one for four beyond the arc. And, uh, you know, he, he made one, but he fired up some bricks last night. And really, at, at kind of at moments in which I thought he probably should have lowered his head and went in and or found somebody open on the outside because when he's not hitting his threes, it's just ugly. I mean, it's clangers, man. So it, last night, I thought Giannis was trying to go toe-to-toe with Tatum and Brown on the outside. He started out in that direction and just, it, thank God somebody realized, hey, you can't keep doing this because that's when he finally ta- started taking the ball back inside. He tends to do that at times. He tends to want to hit the big three, doesn't he? Yeah, it's and it's in there. It's, it's part of his game. I think you can't look for, for it's 30% on the season, but you go back and, and look at, the, the game in Brooklyn and over to, to send the game to overtime or win the game bill. Right. It, it's a step back crossover three pointer, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like he's, he, he's at a point where he can make enough of those, you know, where, where it's not a bad shot. And I think the fact that he'll like four is probably the most he's going to take at this point. Um, there was one corner three bill. He had to take it because in the flow of the offense, if he wouldn't have taken that shot, that just changed. It's almost like Bill in football where you kind of have to run it off guard and and you just live with the one yard gain or the no gain because down the line that, you know, in the fourth quarter that, that has to be respected or that play fake might work. So I don't know. You're right. He didn't have confidence necessarily. And that didn't look like it, but there were a couple that I, I feel like they had to be taken. Um, and now to your other point, though, about about the rib, look, the, the Celtics have been so good at preventing him from finishing, which is strange to see. Um, he hasn't gotten right. to the freezer line. They're not calling a lot of fouls. He's missed some layups. So that's another thing where, where for him, I don't know how you, you know, make that, right, when you've got a couple of bodies hanging <laughs> all over you. I don't think there's yeah. no way you could practice that. But that, you're right, Bill. That, that is an important part of these next couple of games for the Bucks. So what adjustments do, because it's all about adjustments, it's all about adjustments, it's all about runs. What adjustments do they make coming into game three? You know, it's funny, and, and your listeners are going to scream about this. We actually asked Mike Boonholzer about adjustments before game two. And he just kind of was like, I, yeah, there's a part of it, but it's really more about the players. It's not so much about scheme and and things like that, which, you know, Bucks fans hearing from the head coach that he's not really into adjustments, is <laughs> right? Like, right. You, it, it, that's just that people go nuts with that. However, um, I, I wonder, look, the, the big lineup I think is good. I don't think you just not have Bobby Portis start 
because it didn't go well to start this game. I think maybe at the end of the game, Bill, we saw Pat Connaughton get to the rim a little bit. I mean, he didn't make any threes, but he got to the basket for some layups. I think Grayson Allen getting to the basket is important. So the reason why is that opens up some passing lanes for Giannis that it's not just pick and pop threes. There's more movement. The other adjustment are the threes, Bill. 18? This Bucks team averages, what, 30? 30 plus a game? Mm-hmm. Something like that? So I'm not saying take threes just for the sake of taking threes, but you, you're not, in this NBA, you're not winning unless you make nine or ten at least. So, I don't, and I don't know if that's a scheme thing or if it's just a matter of, you know, being a little more aggressive. Pat Connaughton said, look, I passed up some shots on the pick and roll with Giannis because the, the inclination is just give it to the big guy. So I think right. in film, Bill, they're going to look back and say, hey, take that shot. Because, again, like we said earlier, later that may open things up for Giannis in the paint. I'm talking with Jim Ozarski, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, covering the Milwaukee Bucks. So game three coming up, it should be a packed house. It should be, and obviously it's a day game. It's a 2.30 game. you got the Admirals down there. The Deer District's going to be rocking. It looks like it's going to be decent weather. Not great, but decent weather. Uh, there should be a, a huge vibe and a huge wave of energy as the Bucks come back home for this one at the Fiserv Forum on, on Saturday, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, look, it's uh, it's been a little bit, right? I mean, game five against the Bulls, and then that couple days off another yeah it's, it's been a little bit you're gonna have some pent up bucks fans and then of course you know the fact that the team is coming off a, a loss and, and look the players are looking forward to it you know they they, they really feel at home court and you know the, the bucks would of course love to be up 2-0 but they did get one you know they flipped the home court so if if they come in and can kind of do their job um you know all the better for them so yeah i think uh, saturday afternoon should be should be a good one. Then they come fast and furious, Bill, like almost every other day at that point, the games. Yep, yep, no doubt. Um, and before I let you go, I also want to ask you a little bit about Boston because Boston's Marcus Smart is ailing right now. Do we expect him back in this next upcoming game, or is this going to be a game-time decision? Uh, they might wait till the game, but Ime Odoka, the Celtics head coach, seemed to believe that these three days off are going to do Marcus Smart well. I mean, it was a a deep enough bruise where his, his thigh swelled up. Um, so that's, that's not a small thing. Um, and, <laughs> right. So right. I, I'm not going to assume that he'll play, but three days off for sure. Whatever treatments you can have to kind of work that stuff out. I'm, I'm sure we'll benefit him, but I think we'll know closer to tip. How, real quick. The other aspect of this, I know that I saw something go across the crawl on the news the other day. Uh, are we not expecting at all Chris Middleton to come back in this series? I know I saw him shooting last night. He had a great big ice bag on his knee, wasn't moving hardly at all. Do we look for him to be back at all in this series, or are we really kind of thinking if they get past the Celtics, it's most likely the Eastern Conference Finals? Right. It, man, Bill, it's a gray area. You, you've covered enough Packers games and MCLs, right, where it's, it's, it's almost purely individual. I mean, it feels like, look, today is two weeks. And today's the reevaluation day. Now, we don't know what that means. Is that another MRI? Is that a different kind of workout? And then they reset and recalibrate? That I don't know. But it's just we just said, with these games coming fast and furious, I don't think these two games at home are on the table at all. Um, game seven, a potential game seven, that's another week 
and a half away. So I, you can see where I'm leaning. I feel like the conservative estimate is to say, hey, Bucks, you're going to have to do this without him again and then see where it's at for these, uh, you know, potential Easter Conference final. That's, that's my gut, just having been around them, but I don't have anything really firm yet. Is reevaluation is coming some point today. Jim, always good, my friend. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again soon, okay? All right, sounds good, Bill. Looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. Jim Ozarski, the Journal Sentinel, joining us for a couple of minutes talking about that Bucks game last night. The Bucks uh, not coming out victorious against the Boston Celtics. As a matter of fact, pretty much getting blown out in the first half and scrambling just to come back in the second half. One of the things the Bucks held their, uh, kind of hung their hat on last night after the game, and we're going to hear more from the Bucks coming up uh, after the break, but was the fact that it was really a game after they were down 25. After they were getting drilled and they decided to play some basketball, then it became a game. But they got down so fast and so early and so deep that they just couldn't climb out of the hole last night. So we're going to hear some from inside the locker room when we come back. Also, bottom of the hour, don't forget, we're going to talk some hockey. For those of you that are hockey fans, this is it. This is it. Come on out of the woodwork. We're going to talk some hockey when we uh, get to the bottom of the hour. Aaron Sims of the Milwaukee Admirals is going to be joining us. We'll talk with him about what went on in the NHL last night, the series that uh, are going to be the hottest, hotly contested, who's the favorites coming out of both conferences. Also, the Milwaukee Admirals, Manitoba Moose are coming to town. Manitoba Moose are coming to town on Friday and on Saturday. Downtown Milwaukee, they're going to be playing on Friday and Saturday night at the UW Panther Arena. Get your tickets now. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. You want to see some good hockey action, fun hockey action, playoff hockey action, get down there and check it out. That is the MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. We'll talk with Aaron Sims coming up here shortly. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. We've got some announcements coming up involving Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Coming up on this Friday, we're going to officially make our announcement for the motorcycle ride this year, everything that it has to offer, uh, almost everything. We've got a surprise this year that we're not, uh, I don't think we're going to tell you what it is. got to see it. But we have got, uh, the pre-registration is going to be opening up on Friday as well. And we're going to do a lot like we did last year in anticipation of the pre-registration. So that is coming up as well. So we got a lot of cool things for our charity. It's all benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. Uh, FisherHouseWI.org you can go to coming on Friday and start to get all the information there. But you can also follow it. I've got a link to uh, the uh, the uh, Fisher or the uh, uh, Facebook page over on my uh, my Facebook page. But you can follow it up on the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 4th. Put it on your calendar. And it's going to be a big part to do with our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to WISHD.com. That's WISHD.com. And it's in conjunction with their announcement, which, by the way, hint, hint, is 119 days away from the celebration of the 119th anniversary of Harley-Davidson. So we got a lot coming up. Compliments of our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. If you're looking for a bike to ride this summer or maybe some lessons or maybe you've never ridden before or you want to take a refresher course or you want motor clothes or you want parts, accessories, service, whatever it happens to be, go to WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. Again, WISHD.com. Stay tuned. Also, also, you're going to hear some things about, P, about what PJ really wanted to say. Not kidding. Not kidding. PJ Tucker. You're going to hear about that coming up as well. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show.
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.